Welcome back to a very special edition of the Main Event Heat Podcast. I am your host, Rob Weathers. And I say special edition because today's episode just so happens to be the season one finale. That's right. We did it. Round of applause, everybody. Good job uh, to everyone, which is just me. I'm everyone. The show will not be going away. We're just going to be taking a break for a few weeks. At this point in time, the plan is to come back in March. And there's a couple of reasons that we're doing this, this little bit of a hiatus. The reasons are, one... I've got a lot of personal projects around my home that I need to get to that I have been putting off because so much of my time on the weekends is dedicated to the podcast and every once in a while I've got wrestling shows to go do. Like this weekend I was at a show in Lyons, Georgia on Saturday and here I am now on Sunday doing this episode of the show. Tonight, after I get done doing this podcast, I've got to go over to Zicky Dice's house and whoop his ass on Overwatch. I hope you guys uh, check out that replay on twitch.tv slash Zicky Dice. It'll, of course, have happened by the time this episode comes out, but I'm sure that I win. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure that I'm going to win. So just, yeah, go ahead and go to twitch.tv slash Zicky Dice, check the replay. I, I'm pretty sure I, I whoop his ass tonight. But yeah, so like, I, I, I've got all of this stuff that I do on the weekends, and I have so many things around my house that I need to get to. I've, I'm in the process of the very early stages of a process of building a home gym in my basement. Like I've already got equipment that have showed up to the house and I haven't even brought any of the equipment down to the basement yet. <laughs> Not to mention once I get it down there, I have to put everything together. And then I've got my guest room in my house that I was originally my game room and then it became a full-time guest room. Well, I don't get guests that often at the house, so I'm converting it back to more of a game room. I'm still going to have a bed in there, but I moved it to where it's not taking up so much real estate. And I've got to get all my baseball stuff put up in there, all my starting lineup figures on the wall, and i got to reorganize all of my video games and stuff. But that's going to be a whole weekend project right there. And yeah, I've got I've got a lot of stuff that I want to get to. And I've also finally got a concrete idea of what I want Main Event Heat to be. I have spent the last six, seven, eight months, however long we've been doing season one, I've spent that time trying to figure out exactly what I want from this show. And I have it figured out now. And I want to, I want to pre-plan stuff a lot better. You know, there's so many times, like I've, I've told you guys a lot the last probably few months worth of episodes. I record them on a Sunday. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm going to record till Saturday night. That shit's going to stop. I am going to start pre-planning everything at least a couple of weeks in advance. So the plan is starting in season two, by the end of every episode, I'm going to tell you what next week's episode is going to be. I'm going to have all of that stuff planned out. Another big development is there's actually going to be a new main event heat logo. I've been sitting on this logo for a couple of weeks, waiting for a good time to debut it, and we're going to debut it with season two. If you guys would like a sneak peek at that logo, go over to the main event heat YouTube page, check out the most recent video. I've got the logo at the end of it, if you're curious. But this week, for the season finale of the Main Event Heat podcast, I could not think of a better way to end season one than by interviewing one of my best friends in professional wrestling, the fabulous playboy Bob Keller. For any of you folks that are familiar with Talkin' Shop and Talkin' Shop-a-mania, Bob Keller is Uncle Bobby Ferguson. 
So if you guys have seen the Talking Shop of Mania pay-per-views, that is who that is. He is also my broadcast colleague in Lariato Pro. He is the owner of WrestleForce, the company that I will be working with in South Carolina. And I met up with him in Lyons, Georgia last night. He was going to be doing music and ring announcing for a company out there called IWN. And the reason that I went down there to meet up with him is because, you know, I've talked on here on the show before about how Bob is helping me get my South Carolina wrestling license because, you know, even if you're going to be a commentator, ring announcer, manager, referee, whatever, you have to have a wrestling license. So he's been helping me get all that taken care of. I sent him the paperwork a couple of weeks ago and I forgot to sign my medical release form. So I met up with him last night to do that. And then he sat down with me and we did an awesome interview that you guys are going to hear in just a few moments. And he also gave me a gig last night. He, he had me running the music while he took care of ring announcing. I think we worked together pretty well in, in that little combo. At this point, you know, it's not the first time I've done music. You guys know I've been doing music for Championship Wrestling from Atlanta. Music is one of those things that I always feel like the first match or two, I'm going to fuck up somehow. And that was that also happened last night in the first segment. There was there was a little bit of a timing issue. It's hard to blame it on me because it's it's honestly Scotty Bullwinkle's fault, and I hope he hears this because it's his fucking fault. But uh, Scotty, I think, was supposed to come out of the curtain a little bit earlier than he actually did, and there was just this dead silence. Teddy Long and Mac Davis are just hanging out in the ring waiting for Scotty, and I don't know what to do, so I just start playing Teddy Long's music, and Teddy's like, what the fuck are you doing? But then he even plays it off and pretends to walk out of the ring. Then Scotty finally comes out. So, Scotty, I hope you hear this, and I hope you know that you fucked up and you made me look like an asshole on my first IWN show, so fuck you. <laughs> but outside of Scotty Bullwinkle being an asshole, I, uh, I had a great time. Uh, helping out IWN last night. I hope that it's not the last time I help those guys. I think they've got a. I think they've got a solid team over there, and I'm very much looking forward to what they have in the future. They have a new show called Main Event Wrestling from Georgia. Last night was their debut show, and they, I believe, are going to be running TV here in the very near future. So keep your eyes out on that IWN Main Event Wrestling from Georgia. Now let's go ahead and get to this interview with my dear friend, the fabulous Playboy Bob Keller. Just start recording. I mean, it is what point, I, just, that's yeah. what I do. Well, I never, I don't do any fucking intros. Or no, anything like three, that. two, one, take no, off. I do that shit in post. Oh, how do you do your podcast? I do it live, pal. <laughs> I don't, I don't edit shit because I'm too lazy. You know, why, 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 why? Look, the best part of a podcast sometimes is the mistakes. I don't want people to think that it's perfect podcast. When we were doing live at the Wog, we did it literally live and. We would go right into it. Now, why? And, and, and when we posted it later, we didn't edit it. Well, whenever you got multiple people doing it, like like Marks at the Dark, Mark, I fucking haven't been on it so long, I forgot what it's called. Marks After Dark. Obviously, none of that was edited, but it was for two reasons. One, because I wasn't the one doing it, and two, because it's a fucking talking shop podcast, so it's on brand. I do this show by myself 99% of the time. Right. So I don't exactly know where the conversation needs to go with me. I don't know I how to talk to flub me. it up, man. <laughs> so, just... so I fuck up all the time. I'm constant. Dude, I will, if I record 30, 45 minutes of a podcast, right. it'll take me two fucking hours to edit it. Just going through and getting rid of all the ums and the ands and the butts and the fucking sucking my teeth and all that shit. And That's the best part of a podcast sometimes. I, I think the fucking the, people the, that listen to mine would disagree. The best part of success sometimes is a failure. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. You, yeah, you learn from. What's it. a good example of that? Uh, you ever fall off a bike? <laughs> I never. You I, got back up and you you rode it. What? I mean, poor bike. I mean, I don't know how to ride a bike actually. 
Jesus. Well, like, so let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. I know. Like, I, I understand what you need to do to ride a bike. My fat ass can't do it. All right, let's, let's try it this way. <laughs> You've had sex more than once in your life, right? At least twice. Yes. Okay, so the first time, you know, it was fun, but it wasn't the greatest, right? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, right. I didn't do anything. So. <laughs> but, but there you go. But the more you do it, the better you get at it. So fucking, you can I ask mean, my wife about that. I don't know if she'll agree with you. <laughs> you know, you told me to give you an example. Hey, I mean, I, but I mean, you learn from those mistakes. If you don't learn from them, then no, then then failure's not fun at all. But sometimes, if you learn from those mistakes, it takes you down a different path you didn't know you could go down, and it, it opens up different doors. So, how many mistakes have you made? Christ, I mean, I can't, I can't count the mistakes I made. I can't count the successes I made. You're looking at one of them right now. You fucking, you're yeah, I'm the one that broke you into the wrestling business. Yeah, That's well, number one right there. All right, so, so here, here's my list of successes in the wrestling business of people that have broken into the wrestling business. John Schuyler, Zuka King. I didn't break TJ Boss in, but he's one of mine. I mean, he, well, he, he, well, he would have fucking retired if it wasn't for you. Right, right. Yeah. right. So, and then Rob Weathers. Big, se- sweet, sexy Rob Weathers. But, way down there at the bottom. No, but I've helped a lot of people do things that, that without me being there, they wouldn't have done. So, you know, that's something I actually really want to ask you about because, you know, I, I know about Bob Keller over the last year because me and you have gotten the opportunity to work very closely together the last year. Every once in a while, I, I, I love, and it's you and especially Skyler after Christmas night, I love sitting down with some of you guys and just listening to the stories. You have been doing this for a long time, and I've heard some of the names of some of the guys that you've worked with over the last God knows how many years. You've, how many years? I'm, 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 I'm working on my 28th year. Right 28th year. Yeah. Jesus, man. So, so, so who, are, who are some of the guys? like? So when you were wrestling, how long did you wrestle, first of all? Wrestled for 17, almost 18 years. 18 years. What are some of your highlights as far as matches that you've had with guys? You know, I, I sound biased when I say this. But the time that I had with John Schuyler was some of the most fun that I had because I was very relaxed. Because I, John and I knew each other. We didn't have to talk in the ring. Yeah. I knew if he was going to do something, he knew if I was going to do Because we let, – let me, let me back up. John, I met him at an at a independent wrestling event in Columbia, South Carolina. I want to say it would have been around 98, 99 maybe. He could probably give you the exact date and time. Um, so he was probably a kid back then. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was a kid. He, he came to this show, and the fabulous Mullah was wrestling a radio DJ by the name of Jeff Roper. Okay. They had been doing this angle on the radio. Well, one of Mullah's former students, a guy named John Ziegler, Johnny Z, had called me and said, Mullah wants me to put this undercard together for this show. There's zero money, but it'd be an opportunity to work in front of a good crowd. Okay. And... The building was 20 minutes from my house. I've driven farther to waste more money. You know, so Johnny asked me to help put the undercar together, which I did. And in the process, I've realized, ding, there's going to be a huge crowd. I'll sell gimmicks. I'll make enough money to justify this. And boy, did I ever, because you could sell Polaroids then. And these two young kids come up. And I said, come on, man, get in here. One day we might be tag team partners, maybe even tag team champions. Sure as fast hell forward, were. <laughs> fast forward a number, of, a number of years, and here comes this kid to my wrestling school. And he's like, man, you look familiar. And we get talking a little bit. He goes, I remember where I met you. And he really didn't say anything. The next week he shows up with this Polaroid picture. He still had it. 
And John looked at me and he said, I'm thinking about taking a year off from school to train to wrestle. I said, well, when you're done with your year off, come back and talk to me. I will not be the reason you do not finish college. And pro wrestling will not be the reason you do not finish college. You need a backup plan. And he's like, man, can I do I said, you, he said, can I do this? I said, absolutely. You have to push yourself. You have to show not only me, but you have to show yourself how bad you really want to do this. And the harder you work for it, the more you will respect it. And when it comes to people that respect the wrestling business, and John, John's one of those guys that if you're in the back and you've got a question and you sit down and you talk to John, John will, John will help you out. But if you, and, and if John, and when it comes down to it, John knows what he's talking about. You know, John's intellectually one of the smartest people that I know. John, John's a very intelligent person. But if you ask John to do something and he does it and then you don't take the advice and you go out there and you continue to make the same mistakes, John won't have anything to do with you. He will not waste his time because that shows him you're not putting forth the effort as well. And in a sense, there's times I'm like that. If you tell me, hey, look, man, I want to travel with you. And the only thing that you want to travel with me to is WrestleCade or the big time wrestling shows when we're doing doing the ring for those people or, the, or, or I'm doing the sound and the Q&As. If those are the only two times that you hit me up about jumping in the seat for a vehicle, in the vehicle, I'm sorry, it's full every other time. Yeah. The, there have been a lot of people over the years, and I have no problem doing this. I love doing I love trying to help people out. I don't ask people for it. Like if, if I brought a van load today to where we're down here in Lyons, Georgia, if I brought a van load today, the only thing that I ask is they help us set up and break down. And then I pay for the gas. So it costs them nothing to come down here. And if something opens up and a promoter comes to me, hey, man, you got any guys that can fill this spot? Absolutely. Zuka King's great at this. Or TJ Boss is great at that. Or they're a great tag team. Or they're great to wrestle each other. Or whatever. Or, or Brett Wilberton were with me. Hey, you, you need a ring announcer? Brett Wilberton's a great ring announcer. You know, I'm ring announcing today. I would If they would have said, hey, you, know, you want a ring announcer? I would have said, hey, I got Brett here. He can do that. I'll run the sound system. No big deal. It's, it's, it's not. I'm not one of those that will push somebody out of a spot. So I can go, oh, oh, sorry, you're not working, but I'm going to. I'll forego having a spot and let somebody else have it if, if, if they're more qualified for it or if um, I, if there's something else I can do, then I'll do that. It's no big deal. You know, everybody. if everybody works together as a team to make the product great, then I've achieved my goal. Absolutely. That That is – I'm not worried about – being the guy that comes in and the, and the fans leave here and go, oh man, you know that I want the fans to leave here and go, man, that was a great show. Yeah. I want to come back to WrestleForce. I want to come back to AML. I want to come back to Larry Otto. I want to come back to uh, Main Event. Yeah. That's what I want. I want to come back to Viral Pro Wrestling. I, I, want, I want to be part of the reason that a fan leaves that building and says, damn it, that was a good show. I don't want a fan to walk out of a building and go, man, that was a good match, but the other five sucked air. And, and I feel that the wrestling business has got, it's like guys putting matches together. I feel part of the problem is guys are not trying to build a show. You go out and you watch seven matches, it's like watching seven different shows. Nothing flows into another match. The card doesn't build together. Leaving the fans, your guys going for that holy shit chant, or you know that was awesome chant. You know, 
make them feel that way about your whole match, not just one spot. Yeah. You know, I feel that people have gotten away from the old school of if it's a finish, it's a finish. If you kick out of my finish, it's no longer a finish. I absolutely agree. I can't stand that. I, it, it drives me nuts. I realize what people are trying to build to, but the first match doesn't need to have ten false finishes. No. The second match doesn't need to. The third match, save something for the main event. By the time you get to the main event, sometimes the crowd's tired. Yeah. And we've, we've, we've noticed that sitting at ringside sometimes where we have to have energy just so that the people around us have some energy. Last time we called a show together, we had to do that shit. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's like, oh, my God, come on. And, look, I'm not perfect. I, I don't claim to be. But I feel it's the small things that create the big things. You know, I've, I've always been a believer that you cannot walk unless you've crawled. Yeah. You can't jog unless you've walked. You can't run unless you've jogged. You do those out of order, you'll fall on your face. Putting a match together is you know, really the same thing. Guys that have not learned to call it in the ring. Yeah. It drives me nuts. How are you going to... Let, let's take wrestling completely out of this. I own a DJ and karaoke company. I have people come up to me going, Man, you got a great playlist. There's one problem. I don't create a playlist. I've never created a playlist. For weddings, I don't create a playlist. Because I don't know who's going to be there. Yeah, just go with the crowd. You walk, I walk in the door. I walk in the door at Pollywogs on a Thursday night for the karaoke show, Cheap Plug, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, uh, Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. But I walk in there, and I look around the bar, and I do know some of the people there. I don't know a lot of them by name, but I know by, know them by what they listen to or what they like to sing. Or if I walk in and I listen to the jukebox. But just because there's something playing on the jukebox doesn't mean everybody's enjoying it. So you have to look around the room and see, okay, you gotta you got to know your surroundings. Being in a wrestling ring is no different. Yeah. Listen to the crowd. They will, Without them saying, give him a suplex, give him a drop kick, give him an arm drag, give him a hip toss. Without them calling that stuff out, you could do something in the ring and listen to it go, oh, this is an old school crowd. I'm going to hit a hip toss. I'm going to, I'm going to do an arm drive. I'm going to do a body slam. Go for a cover. You know, that will excite them because the sound of that ring, go boom, 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 is enough to excite them. Oh my God, they're they're hitting it hard and heavy. I was, uh, and this this might turn into a half an hour of me putting over John Skyler with you, but I mean, if if it is, I'm fine with it. I've done it on the show before. The first time I ever met John, I was actually putting over this match recently, uh, doing when I was doing Outlandish Paradise. The first time I met John was the first time that we were all in Lions, Georgia, and we were at Bolo's gym. Right. He wrestled Eric Young. Yes. I was talking to Johnny Laquasso about that match because you know Johnny, unlike. You know, myself and you, like whenever we call wrestling, we kind of we just we just go out, we just go out there and do it. After win. Johnny and I admire him for this because I think he's really good at it. He 100% scripts so much of what he's going to do, but I mean, obviously you got to go with the match. But but like just he likes knowing who he's going to be talking about. Here, this and 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 you heard me say this earlier. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of doing commentary. Yeah. I will do it, but I want to do it with Brett. And, and, and now you. Of course, I didn't know that when we first sat down to do it because we didn't know each other. Of course. We had done one podcast together when I was on, on a podcast you were on. But Brett is a fountain of knowledge. Yeah. This is what makes Brett great. He's not, Brett's not good at what he does. He's great at what he does. He's our Mike tonight. Right. Brett, it, and I can feed off of Brett. 
I'd go out, I can walk out there with confidence. And I don't have to talk to Brett. Brett and I have worked together so much at Old School Championship Wrestling, at, at Viral even, at WrestleForce, at so many different companies, where we can, I go, Brett will come in, you got the card? And I'll slide it to him. And, the, and Brett will ask one question. We're doing, we're doing the national anthem. Now, he knows if it's WrestleForce or OSCW, absolutely we're doing the national anthem. It, it, at that point, is it live? Is somebody going to sing it or are we, we doing it off, off the computer? That's it. Past that, I give. if there's a change or something like that, I'll get it to Brett. Past that, Brett and I, people think sometimes that Brett and I don't like each other because we don't talk that much. We don't have to. No. And, you know, when we sit down at the commentator's table, Brett is the knowledge. You know, not not that we're Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, but I am the Bobby Heenan to his Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah. You know, to to equate that, I don't. Not that I don't do my homework, or not that I don't know some of these people, but if if there's somebody on a card, I will. Like like when we did stuff with Larry Otto, there were times I didn't know who some of the people were. I would look at Brett and I would just tap their name, and he knew that he was going to have to run with the ball. Now, if he tapped back, anything that came out of both of our mouths was completely made up because that just made us b- both go, I don't know him either. Well, we're going to wing it. Well, that happened the first time me and you called wrestling. We were There was a fucking tag team match, and you were like, you know any of these guys? I was like, fuck no, I don't know any yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that, that, that night, Zicky Dice made that night, that first night for me. Oh, absolutely. When he comes up to the table, we're con- doing commentary. Then nobody tell me that motherfucker was over. And I point down to the recorder, and he, he looks back and goes, Oh, fuck. <laughs> that ain't no better. I fucking wrote it on his Christmas card last year. I, I fucking went over to his house and gave him a Christmas card, and it said, I should have told you that motherfucker was over. Oh, I, every time I send him a message, somewhere, somewhere towards the end of the message, he goes, Did anybody tell you that motherfucker was over? Or I'd say, you know, I'm not over like you, motherfucker. Or if he walked in the building right now, I'd look at him and go, hey, motherfucker, didn't nobody tell me you was over? There's that over motherfucker right there. Yeah. Well, he's, he's about to find out how over I am because tomorrow me and him got a little video game tournament against each other. We're playing. Uh, he plays this one, one fucking video game he plays. I challenged him at it. I said, who's your best character? He told me. I was like, I He said, Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> I wish it was Miss Pac-Man. I know I'd whoop his ass. But he told me. He, he, he says. Of course, anything's got to do with the eating. Of course, me, you, or Brett would no win. No shit. But he says he's so fucking good as I bet you I'm better. I ain't never played a character a day in my fucking life. What's so I'm the game? Going to, it's called Overwatch. It's a little fucking hero shooter game. Right. So I'm going over to his house tomorrow, and we're going to do a little 1v1, best two out of three, and winner gets 100 bucks. So I'm probably about to lose $100 tomorrow. <laughs> By the way, you got $100? I can borrow. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. He's lucky the wife got a bonus a couple weeks ago. I might have to borrow from her. <laughs> so, um, see, I know he does a lot of stuff on Twitch. Yeah. Um, and you, you'll just did. which by the way where the fuck is the puppet you know what I almost brought him I I look because he was in this fucking bag right here you, I you hate the puppet I hate him I love it yeah I'm gonna tell you why I hate him you know I'm the puppet Zicky knows I'm the puppet the handful of people that listen to this show know I'm the puppet the majority the 99% of the people that watch that show and will watch the because I mean it's no secret right. he wants to do more of these the people that watch all these Outlanders Paradise will never fucking know and my ego can't stand that shit but see that, that, that's where you that's where you gotta take a step back and go now I can be the puppet but I can also do something as Rob Weathers and now you're two characters on the show 
if I can look, fucking get it, Rob Weathers on the show. Look, how many fucking people know? How many fucking people know that I'm Uncle Bobby Ferguson from Talking Shop? Well, I mean, at least you—it's just you in a hat and a shirt. Like this is a whole fucking yeah, well, yeah. But even even then, but how many people know that? How many people know that I was the original voice to Sex Ferguson? This, that whole thing started with with Gallows and I going to uh, Hampton, Virginia, for uh, for Travis Bradshaw VCW, and the whole way we're just we're, we're doing something. Uh, God, I'm trying to think of the conversation. He said something about the good old Southern boy promoters. That's what it was. He said, you know them good old boys? I said, you mean the ones that go, hey, brother, thanks for coming. I appreciate you being here tonight. Uh, we can't pay you, but uh, go out there and get you a water. When you're out there, make sure you pay the girl for the water. That fucking shit ain't free. You got that freeloader. And that's what that turned into. Gal was another guy that uh, saw you in the crowd as a child. Yes, he was, he was 11 years old at Potomac State College, second row, during my second singles match, and he still wanted to get in the fucking wrestling business. Ain't that some shit? That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that was my second singles match. I, I wrestled uh, Switchblade that night. A guy named Trent Zimmerman. Him and I had trained together. We were the last two guys that were actually Neil Superior's students. Okay. Neil Superior uh, died in August of 1996, but he was... He was up and coming. He worked for South Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Um, him and his dad did stuff, promoted shows in Guam, Puerto Rico, did a lot of overseas stuff. His dad was in the Navy, I believe, and so I mean he had a lot of connections with overseas people, and you know that's you know pretty much what allowed him to do that. But see, there was another character voice that I did that night that never saw the light of day. Okay, was the little boy in the basement. Well, let's go ahead and break him out here on the podcast. Some about the little boy in the basement. Uh, uh, well, let's, let's see. That that's the one. Um, uh, yeah. Mom, I'm on the phone with a hot chick on the internet. Jeez, I don't care if Papa John's is here with my pizza. Just put it out there. I mean, it was kind of like that. I it see why like, that one didn't get over. I yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> but but it was. But, but, but I mean, that's the kind of you know. Um, you know who Jesse K is? She's a referee for WWE. Female yeah, referee. Yeah, yeah. Jesse wrestled, yeah. she wrestled for WrestleForce some before she went up there. Um, and I don't know if this, is, this story's ever been told. Gallows was supposed to do a call-in show. This was back when people could do the... Uh, it, it was an internet-based thing where they, you, you call in, but everything was run through the phone lines. Yeah. And it was really before the internet so much. And Gallows said, ah, i got to call this podcast. So we're listening to it, and Jesse was on the show. I didn't realize it was Jesse at first. So I called up. I said, um, yes, the girl you're talking to, it, what's she like? Is she hot? And she was, well, I kind of think I'm cute. I was like, oh, tell me more. What are you wearing? And about that time, a guy goes, well, yeah, we can't talk about this. He hung up. So, of course, it, it was me, Gallows, and Kimbrough Jones. We're, we're, we're riding down the road. And I called back. I said, look, asshole, don't hang up on me again. So, sweetheart, what are you wearing? And I said, are you hot? He's like, oh, come on, dude. I said, dude, shut up. I was almost there. <laughs> and it was, it, it was a, almost a cross between the little boy in the basement and Beavis from, uh, Beavis, from Beavis and Bunhead. And, uh, or, um, yeah, or, I mean, butthead. So, Gallows calls in, the guy, goes, the guy was reluctant. You could tell when he was like, uh, who's this? Hey, it's, uh, 
Doc Gallows, man. He goes, oh, yeah, man. People have been pranking us, and I'm just sitting there. I'm dying. I'm, I'm, I'm dying at this point, you know, because I, I was the one program. Kimbrough calls up. That Kimbrough, I lost it when Kimbrough called. Hey, man, I want to call talk about old school wrestling. You know, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Dusty Rhodes, Black Jack Mulligan. The guy's like, well, what's your question? Well, man, do you remember the Moondogs? And do you remember the Wild Samoans? And, do you... and he just kept naming names. There was no question. There was no end to this at all. It was all names. And the guy's like, well, what's your question? Well, man, I was wondering, do you... Do you... Do you remember Dusty Rhodes and Blackjack Mullen? <laughs> and the guy's like clicking. And he's like, man, I don't know what it is about the callers tonight. Gallo's like, yeah, man, I have no clue. The phone call came from back the back seat. Gallo's in the front seat holding his phone, trying not to die. I'm try- I'm driving the truck, trying not to kill us. But that's what the- that's what road trips are supposed to be. They're supposed to be fun. Um, <laughs> I got stopped one time, and for we were. I'm going to Hampton, Virginia. And I come blowing past the school. I said, man, that'd be a great place for a cop. And about the time I said that, sure enough, there's a shirt. Oh, my God. So I pull over, and Gallo's just nonchalant. goes, yeah, that one's going to cost you. So yeah, no shit. So as I get out of the truck, I'm already thinking, man, I hope this guy's a wrestling fan. I hope this guy's a wrestling fan. So he gets me out and sets me in the car. He goes, man, you know, you was driving a little fast there. I said, yes, sir. I said, uh, and this is where I was trying to be a quick thinker. I was like, yeah, man, uh, we're going to do this fundraiser for children at a wrestling event. I got uh, Luke Gallows, who used to wrestle for the WWE, in my car. He goes, yeah, I, I don't watch wrestling anymore. And I'm like, well, there goes my one and only opportunity. He goes, y'all doing this for children, huh? Yes, sir. I get off at nine o'clock tonight. Don't go blowing through here before then, but there won't be nobody through here that at, that late. You go and get out of here. I was like, oh God! So I get in the truck and I told told Gallows like, man, he let me off, you know, because I told him he's going to this wrestling show. He's really wrestling got you. I said, no, the fact we're doing it for kids. <laughs> but he told a story. I think it was him. I don't remember who all was in the car except the one one person was Dean Malenko. There was a, uh, it might have been when he was with Straight Edge Society, so it would have been CM Punk, maybe Joey Matthews, or Joey Mercury. Um, there's some I've known him since he was 16. Um, but anyhow, they get out of the car, and the cop was like, you know, what are you all doing there? Like, hey, we're WWE wrestlers. And I, really? You know, who's that in the back car? And Gallo goes, oh, that's Dean Malenko. And the guy goes, from WCW? <laughs> and then uh, all of a sudden, yeah, now the cop went, cop's excited about wrestling again because Dean Malenko was in the car. Uh, uh, ain't that some shit? You're, you're on TV in front of however many millions of people a week, and that one cop doesn't watch wrestling anymore. But by God, he knew the guy that was in the back seat, thank God. I mean, all fair, it's fucking Dean Malenko. Hey, Dean Malenko, hell yeah, hell yeah. At least you remember from WCW, not that terrible fucking James Bond gimmick they gave him in the 90s and, or 2000 in WWF. I don't even remember hey, that. Hey, fucking exactly. I don't, do not even remember that. <laughs> oh, it was god awful, man. Yeah, so. Well, fuck, 25 minutes. I think we got pretty good shit in here. Oh, I, but you're going to edit it down and you're going to take all the good shit out. I don't, I don't think there's anything I need to edit. I don't think you should. I don't think you should edit it at all. You don't say um as much as I do, so I think we'll be I all try right. not to. You, I used to. I was terrible about it. If I get telling a story, I'm okay. Yeah. But if if I get caught in the middle of something, 
there will be some uhs and ums and stuff See, like and that. So, stuff like that is why I still go back and watch the Lariato stuff because I know I have verbal tics. Right. And I'm constantly trying to find them and so I can program my mind. Okay, stop fucking doing that. I'm also a mark for myself. So that's another reason I go back and watch them. Let, let me help you out here. Stop being a mark for yourself. It'll keep you grounded. It really will. I, I, I've got a couple rules with my wrestling. The first one is you never forget where you come from. Absolutely. Never forget where you come from. Because one day you might have to go back. Yep. Number two is be careful who you step on on the way up the ladder of success. Because you might have to look them in the eyes on the way back down. Because what goes up has to come down. Eventually. And you will find that the ones that have true success are the ones that are really the coolest. The ones that have moderate success, they're still kicking and scratching. And if they see somebody as a threat, they'll treat them like shit. Absolutely. And I, I don't. There are people out there like that. I don't. I don't agree with that. Yeah. We we all should have the same common goal. If we're all on an event together, we 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 should all walk into that building with the same common goal to make that event the best possible event that it can be. We want every person that bought a ticket to go. I'm glad I spent my ten dollars or my twenty dollars or, or my thirty dollars, whatever it cost you. I'm glad I spent my hard-earned money to do this tonight. Because there's so much other things that people could do. You, you take a look, especially with the economy the way it is. Gas prices are up. Oh, yeah. Food prices are up. Everything is going up because of labor cost, because of shortages. It's supply and demand. It's basic economics. Which means for people to be able to come out and spend, for a family of four, let's just say $10 a ticket. It's $40 just getting the door. Yep. Well, you know the kids are going on a hot dog and a, and a cold drink. Yep. T-shirt or two. They're going on a T-shirt. They're going on a picture. Yep. By the time you're done, you've dropped close to 200 bucks. Yep. It's an investment. That that's Make that's, it worth the investment, yeah. Make, make the people walk out of here and go, man... You know, it cost me two hundred dollars, but it, it was, it was fun. You can't put a price on fun. Absolutely. Now, if you come out, and you spend two hundred dollars, and guys were screwing off, or you could tell that the guys didn't like each other, or guys were 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 jockeying for position, so to speak. Those people are gonna walk out and go, "I ain't never coming back to this shit again." Yeah. And you don't just hurt the company you're working with; you're you're hurting other people. I'm, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard people make the comments about guardrails when I rent stuff out to... Yeah. I tell people to stay out of the guardrails. It's not a matter of the guys getting hurt. You, know, you take that chance, that's on you. That ain't on me. But if you dump it into a fan's lap, or even worse, you scratch the floor, you've ruined the payday for everybody. Because now we're not coming back. Yep. I'm looking out for people... Look, my guardrails aren't brand new. I got guardrails out there. They're probably just as old as I am, and I'm 49 years old. But at the same time, they're still usable. They're still good quality. Yep. Just but, like you. But no, I don't know about that. <laughs> but it, but if we tear up this floor, we ain't coming back. Yep. That's a payday for everybody that's getting a payday today. That's not getting a payday. Yep. Now you got to go somewhere else. And when you're in a school, everybody in this town knows somebody from the school. Yep. So you do do damage here. The football coach will say something to the wrestling coach. They ain't never having wrestling back in here. They tore up my gym floor. Yep. Well, the wrestling coach, you know, who was using this as a fundraiser, screwed because now he doesn't have a way to make money. And then so the wrestlers go home and tell their parents, well, we can't have pro wrestling back because they damaged the floor. Well, 
one of those parents just happens to be somebody that runs a civic center down the street. So when wrestling tries to go there, sorry guys, you all tore up the school, I can't have you here. So it makes it harder to find a building. Making it harder for the guys. Some guys don't care. They walk in that door, they come in, they throw their bag down, they don't shake anybody's hands, they go out to their table, they worry about them. They don't care if we come back or not because they're worried about today. I'm not worried about just today. I'm worried about today. I'm worried about six months from today. I'm worried about six months after that. I'm worried about six months after that. I'm looking at the big picture. I'm looking at the longevity of it. I'm looking at more than one payday. I can't pay my bills on one payday. It takes multiple paydays to do that. Yeah. How you doing, guys? Hey. Yeah. Hello, hello. Hey, guys, jumping right in on the podcast, man. I love we're it. Gonna leave it. We're going to leave it in. That's right. We're leaving it in because we're, we're not editing. So, but but you, you worry about a lot of paydays. Yeah. You know, you take care of the guys. You take care. Of, if you're known for being a guy that hurts people, you won't work a lot. Absolutely. If you're known for guy for a guy that's reckless, you won't work a lot. Yeah. You know, it, that's things that guys don't take into consideration. I don't think that's even taught at some wrestling schools anymore. I don't think those basics are taught anymore. I know Dr. Tom teaches them. I know guys like Les Thatcher teach them. And I know that because I learned it from Dr. Tom and Les Thatcher by take, taking seminars. You, you learn something everywhere you go. Some guys don't do that. They think, oh, man, I'm in the wrestling business now. I'm, I'm good here. I don't have to learn anymore. That's a huge mistake. You're going to continue to learn every day in this business. Every day. Because the business is constantly evolving. And if you're not willing to continue to learn, you're going to get left behind. It's that simple. And that's a perfect note to leave it on. Thank you so much, Bob. I, I appreciate it. No, thank everything. you, man. I, I love, me and you bust each other's balls a lot, man. I, I love you to death. I, I owe so much to you. And I take cash. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, let me get a payday first. I, 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 don't, I don't take cash out because the government's going to fuck us on that. Oh my god, that shit. So Ziggy's so fucking mad about that. Well, you know, <laughs> under certain laws, I mean, I get it. I understand shit. it. But the government doesn't like competition. No, and I'm not, I'm not, I, I, this isn't going political. Because this ain't Democrat, this ain't Republican, this ain't Independent. There ain't a motherfucker in D.C. that's worried about Rob Weathers or Bob Keller. They ain't, they, until it's election time. Yep. Then all of a sudden they're worried about us. Then they're worried about whether we're Dem- Democrat or Republican. Yep. Right now, they, as long as we just keep paying our taxes, they don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Because if they did, some of the craziness in this world wouldn't happen. No shit. And the, now I gotta go if I want to buy six hundred dollars worth of weed. I gotta go pull cash out now. This is right. bullshit. I mean, fucking over it. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't smoke weed, but you know, I, I don't, actually don't fool with any drugs. Never have. I think he's a bad influence. You know, not, look, I don't. I don't down anybody that does. I, what people do in their home is they're gonna. Move with, this will turn into another podcast. <laughs> we'll have to come back. I'm gonna leave it at that. Well, tell but, me but, real quick before we get out of here. Uh, tell me about WrestleForce. What's coming up with the schedule in WrestleForce? What do you guys right now? Up? Right now, what we've got is March 26th. It's uh, Community or Chaos. It is a car show that morning. Yep. WrestleForce that afternoon. It's at the State Farmers Market in South Carolina, in Casey, South Carolina. Bell times at four o'clock. But man, I recommend because we're, we're doing this for the uh, Community for Chaos. It's a fundraiser for them. So a portion of every ticket goes to them. Absolutely. Uh, and in the main event. Russell Force Heavyweight Champion, the big man on campus, TJ Boss, will face one third of the exotic youth, Bryce Cannon. Now, 
the other two-thirds of the Exotic Youth will be defending the Russell Force Tag Team Championship against the former Tag Team Champions, the Soul Patrol. Yep. So this is the one time we do know which two members of the Exotic Youth will be defending the Russell Force Tag Team Championship. Yep. You never know with those, with those None guys. of that Freebird bullshit that night. You know, you know what, though? I'm okay with it. Yep. It keeps it fresh, in my opinion. It's very possible that all of Exotic Youth could have all the Russell Force titles, or they could have none of them by the end of the night. I can't wait to fucking see yeah, it. Can't wait to see it. What if anymore. Bryce picks up the fucking belt from TJ and the fucking tag team champions lose their belts? It's going to be an awkward ride home. It'd be an awkward <laughs> ride home, but then do, does each one of the members of the Exotic Youth, they try to do that like free, tag free team bird with the free world bird title. With the world title. <laughs> I'd you, love to see it. You know what? That's an idea. Maybe, and, and as a as a booker, I'm not going to give this away for free. you got to buy a ticket. No. Yeah, come, come to KC, South Carolina, March 26th. I'm going to be there whether you book me or not. That's my one-year anniversary in wrestling, so there has to be a wrestling ring in front of me, so well, I'm absolutely going to be there. Well, I might let you be part of the pre-show again. All right, we'll see. We're having some fun with that. Well, well, fuck, man. What do I go and get this license for from just doing pre-shows? Well, <laughs> you don't know what that can turn into. You showed up <laughs> at a show in Rome, Georgia. You wound up doing fucking commentary. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. And, and then I hear, oh, Bob, you're the reason we got sweet, sexy Rob. I didn't give you that fucking name. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, see, and, and, and nobody, <laughs> I, I've, real quick before I press stop. So I've been, my, my social Told media. Told you I'd turn a half-hour podcast My social media, hours. as you know, is sweet, sexy Rob. Right. And I put it over on here all the time. And I think people fucking think it's stupid. Like, I'm some mark that gave myself. I didn't give myself that fucking name. That was Gallows. I did not realize. Gallows gave, gave me that name. Do, do you know where I where I've I I mean I, we're on social media together. I've seen yeah. your Twitter. I never put two and two together. Never thought of it until we did the talking shop live yep. at Jimmy's Famous Seafood in Baltimore. And he says "Sweet Sexy Rob" like a dozen times. In right. A row. He he's he's <clears throat> drunk as Cooter Brown on stage, screaming in your ear, "Sweet Sexy Rob!" And, and I'm going. What the I've got to reset, reshit, because I have a video of him doing it at least four times, right? And it was fucking Chad, fucking Machine Gun, kept egging him on. Wait, so, like, guys, like, you got to understand, like, it's me, it's Gallows, it's Uncle Bobby, it's that piece of shit, Rocky, and it's who? And Sweet Sexy Rob! <laughs> yeah, he, he called me that on a podcast one day, and it just stuck. And, and, and that was also when I held the microphone in front of me like a dick, and you had to sing into it. Yeah. Well, you did it, and then fucking Gallows did it, too. He was dangling it over my shoulder and right. shit. So I went... I went to the back all the wives were sitting together and they were like oh you did so great Rob I was like thank you guys so much I really appreciate all your husbands didn't pretend to put their cocks in my face but other than that it was a good time <laughs> on that note thank you guys so much thank you Bob no thank you I appreciate you having me on absolutely alright man it is always a great time getting to sit down with my good friend Bob Keller I want to thank him one more time for coming on the show and that's gonna do it for this week's episode the season one finale of Main Event Heat If you guys have anything that you would like to send to the show, feedback, questions, you can still do so by sending an email to maineventheat at yahoo.com. I might get to it on the season two premiere. I do still plan on uploading some stuff to the YouTube page. There will, for a fact, be a Lions Georgia vlog that will go up right around the time that this episode goes live. So keep an eye out on the Main Event Heat YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't already. There will be a little bit of content that's going to pop up there before we start the Season 2 premiere of Main Event Heat. If you guys would like to follow me on social media, you can do so by finding at SweetSexyRob on Instagram and Twitter. And yes, just in case any of you are wondering, the story is true. I did not give myself that nickname. 
Doc Gallows did. He called me that on an episode of Talking Shop one time, and it's stuck ever since. I'm going to have to, like I said in this interview, I'm going to have to show one of those clips from Talking Shop Live where Gallows got in my ear and screamed that name like a dozen fucking times. Welcome, sweet, sexy, what? Sweet, sexy, So Rob, most importantly, Gallows, what's his name? Well, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome one of our biggest Patreon members, a fan of the program, a new commentator for Larry Auto Pro Wrestling. He is Sweet Sexy So to be able to do this, man, I just keep this going. To get here and be in front of you guys with it. Sweet! Sexy! So, so, so to be able to do it, it gives us the opportunity to meet guys like... Sweet! Sexy! To support the show, the best way to do that is by picking up a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rob Weathers. And until season two, thanks for hanging out.